Hello and welcome in to another episode of Podcast 63 here at Buck and Lou. It is season four, episode seven. Uh, we have more live basketball to talk about. Like I said last week, last week's episode is going to be the last time without live basketball for five months. We hope six, maybe seven. Um, and uh, we saw our Ramblers play. It was an exhibition game, but it still was fun nonetheless. So we're going to be talking about that. We have some really big Valley news, including one player that uh, is on the preseason first team all Valley. So we'll be talking about that and how that affects the rest of the season. And then after all that, we will talk about uh, the returning players for Loyola and how they are going to impact the season as a whole. And we'll make some predictions for them and uh, Loyola's non-conference. Blue, what was it like watching some basketball back up in in uh, old Gentile? He you know, it, it's different actually sitting on a seat with people than just watching practice in the rafters. But I have to say it was really exciting to see. And again, we, we did go to open practice, but this was against a team that didn't want to lose. Right. Like even though they mm-hmm. did this, this, this exhibition game. This team didn't want to get totally walked over. There was a, a few players you and I saw, and we'll talk later in the kind of the recap, that they didn't want to really let Loyola kind of just push them around, which is fair. But our boys did well, and I really liked it. Things I didn't like, but things maybe it's just like, oh, then maybe that's new to see. So just really interesting. Again, this is Drew's kind of first exhibition game. It is his first exhibition game as a head coach, so our first time really seeing plays against a defense. That's not everyone who already knows the defense or the offense. So really interesting. And I'm excited to talk about it. So. Yeah, I am too. Uh, well then let's get it started. Always remember, never forget. Go Blairs. Uh, do we know where we can find a box score from the. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's on. Uh, Is it on? Uh, hold on. Let me confirm. Yep. Box score. Oh, box schedule. Score. Okay. Schedule. Yo, yeah. Sorry. Schedule. Well, yeah. We'll always have Yeah. It just depends on sometimes they do, like it's not as detailed as some other weeks. Like sometimes they'll have first half and second half play yeah. by play, and some sometimes it's just a box score. So. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. All right, cool. Then I'm all good. And we are back. Uh, so first, let's tackle the news of the week, the big news story. Uh, Tyree Key from Indiana State announced today on his Twitter. Uh, today being the eighth, that he was going to undergo shoulder surgery uh, and that he was going to be out for the whole season. Um, super unfortunate news. There, there was some talk about it like earlier in the week that he, you know, he was sitting out the exhibition and um, that he was trying to figure out what to do. Uh, this would have been his super senior year, so this is his fifth year with Indiana State. Um, and you know, if he does undergo or well, after he does undergo the surgery, if he is in fact out for the whole season, he still gets another year. So he still can come back, uh, for then a sixth year next year. Um, but I'm sure he's got a lot of other options. He could probably play professionally, but you know, it's, he's going to have to try to see, you know, if he comes back, is that better for his career or is he going to potentially be able to make money? you know, right away. So 
Um, Lou, what was kind of your, your initial reaction? If you want to get into like how this affects Indiana state or Missouri Valley conference as a whole, uh, the entire key news. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just it's it's so tough. A guy like Tyreek Key also just always in the last at least let's say last two years just proven himself, especially on an Indiana State team that really hasn't done well. Um, so I think that's kind of one of the toughest things to see a, a potential first team um, player of the year this year just go down. Um, and then also just I, I really like competition. I think. I don't think Indiana State was going to be too tough on Loyola, but it also just validates that it's it would have been a good game and stuff like that for me. Um, I think overall for the Valley, that's really just going to strain uh, Indiana State's new head coach. Um, you have a proven leader and also one of the best in the Valley just get down, and I think that's going to that's really tough to recover from. Um, and also to be honest with you, it's so late in nearly the season where, or sorry, it's so late in the preseason that you're coming up to season. So I don't know if any kind of plays and the ball running through Tyreek, that's all got to change now. It's mm-hmm. a totally different offense, totally different de- defense. It's a totally different team. That's what it is. And he will not have Tyreek Key probably back until next summer. And that's just the way it is right now. And again, I think what I saw a tweet from the head coach or at least a quote saying it's really up to Tyreek. He's not going to hold anything like it's about what he thinks is best for him. And it, it is true. It's a tough one on a coach, but you would hope that he p- goes with whatever is best for the player or also whichever way the player goes. It's it, it, it's a tough one. So but Valley Impact, let's be honest, there is a wide open slot now potentially at um, at a well, first team uh, all MVC. And then I just think uh, Indiana State is going to find themselves at the bottom of uh, the conference rankings. Yeah, I mean, like you said, like he just does so much for them. Um, not only he's not just only a good scorer, he's a good all-around player. I mean, he's a good passer, he's a good playmaker, and I think he's a pretty good defender. I mean, I don't think that's his calling card by any means, but I think he's a formidable defender. And so just like there's no fill in that hole, right? There's no there's no filling a first like multiple all valley player uh team, especially like you said, like right before the season starts. So it's just going to be I, – I, I feel for them. I feel for Tyree Key and those fans. I hope they're uh, a little lenient to that head coach in his, his first year. Um, but I think it's going to be really rough for them this year. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to – if they're them in Illinois State, honestly, I think at the bottom two. And uh, it could go either way. But I, I think Indiana State is is doomed for the 10th seed, if, if that's my – if I have to put it in a prediction – that's where I think they're going to finish after this. So, um, I mean, they do have a couple nice young players. I know Cooper Neese is there and he can fill up the stat sheet. So I'm sure he'll get an increased role. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, unfortunate news. We wish him a full recovery, a speedy recovery. Um, and just that, um, that he is making the right decision for him for sure. So, um, Lou, anything to add about Indiana State or Tyreek Key? Nope, not now. Nah. We, I think we said it's just a tough one. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so moving on, uh, talk about Loyola now. Um, our Ramblers took on UW Stout. I believe they're Division Three, uh, team uh, in an exhibition. It's not unusual that to take on a non-Division One in an exhibition. I think that's actually kind of the standard now, at least for 
most teams um just to kind of like like you said lou earlier like play someone that's not trying to uh that is trying to win right like they're they're not going to just um go down with uh with no fight so um just kind of taking it from the top here uh the starting lineup uh was the same as the secret scrimmage um be it Brayden norris lucas williamson i hear uguak um marquise kenny so i guess actually i take that back it wasn't the same um, Marquise Kennedy was in for Keith Clemens. Um, uh, we'll talk about injuries in a second. But um, the big news, at least for me, was that Jacob Hudson was starting at center again. Um, so, Lou, why don't you kind of talk about the starting lineup, be it Huddy, or if you want to talk about Marquise kind of stepping in for Keith or just kind of anything about the starting lineup that you saw. Yeah, I think the biggest thing out of the starting lineup, I think this is um, – it, it's not a, as big as um, after the Final Four year where you still had Andre Jackson, um, and then you still had um, – or sorry, just it's not as big as about when uh, we first had Cameron Crutwig, and it was like, oh, well, Andre Jackson's still going to start, right? He's still going to start, and then all of a sudden Cameron Crutwig's the starting center. Um, this is that we have no starting center really, truly, um, at least at height. Yeah, Chris Knight played center, but th- this is really the role I think Huddy was going to fulfill especially with the amount of kind of impact minutes he had toward the end of the season. So the biggest thing is it's official. I believe Huddy is going to be the starting center for the rest of the season. Um, and it's really fun to see that. Um, and then just the biggest thing with the starting lineup to talk about is Marquise Kennedy is filling in that role for um, an injured uh, Keith Clemens. Again, we don't know the extent of it. Um, I think we've been looking for some insider info and might have heard that all clear but we'll look for that tomorrow. Um, but I really think that just solidifies Marquise Kennedy as the sixth man. Um, he's filled that role before. Mm-hmm. He's been awarded sixth man. So I think it just really solidifies that. Um, for me, the biggest question mark is just what are the minutes going to look like? Um, we saw something which we'll get into with another point guard named Braden Norris um, that was very interesting that might just change how the minutes are sp- uh, kind of spread out. Um, but I'm very happy with how that starting lineup looked. Um, I think the only one that was um, kind of the stat sheet really, really does it well to show, but it wasn't interesting because I think it was kind of a slow start, but like here Ugok um, was really interesting to see. And I think he can make even a bigger splash. Like I think there's a little bit more and a lot of these starters, quite honest with you, I think only one really was like, Oh my God, that's a crazy. And a lot of it's like, okay, I really like where this is going. Let's go play a, a regular season game. That's going to count toward the record. Kind of thing, I think, because not everyone mainly I'll just start go into it. The minutes mm-hmm. were really uh, were really small. I think the most minutes played by a starter were 22 minutes spread out. Then like Jacob Hudson only had 14 minutes makes absolute sense. I think you and I were button shoulders saying get people off the court. They yeah. don't need to be on there. It's not that I don't want them to play. It's just like this is not the game you go hard and get hurt or try to get a rebound. So that's kind of what it is around the starting lineup is like biggest thing. Jacob Hudson started. Marquise Kennedy came in and fill and injured Keith Clemens. And then the starters didn't have to play too much, which thankfully, um, but Buck, what do you, what do you, what do you got out of the starters? What did you see? Yeah. I mean, I think it was kind of uh, good to see both Lucas and Braden play super well. I, I think those guys are going to be super important as far as um, starting the offense. Right. And like kind of taking advantage. It was really nice to see Lucas drive into the hoop um, two or three different times. And, 
couple, I think, and one layups, some really fun finishes, uh, had a nice reverse under the hoop. Um, I, I love seeing that. I, I think that's one thing we've been waiting to see Lucas add, and he does it in, like, spurts. He, he did it against Georgia Tech in the, um, in the tournament as well as against Illinois. Uh, I remember, I think it's sophomore year, he did it against, um, I think it was Richmond, maybe, in the um, the the tournament, the, like, non-conference tournament. Um, you see it, like, in bits and pieces, but if he can do that consistently, I mean, he, that just adds a whole other dimension to his game, and it takes him from being, um, you know, second team to first team, I think, like, immediately. Uh, if he can consistently drive to the hoop, sets other players up. It sets other players up like Braden Norris, who was five for seven from three. He finished with 17 points, not a ton else, but um, did throw in three assists um, as well as three steals. Um, just love seeing him shoot. I love actually you see one. I, I, one of the things about his three point shot that I love is he's not afraid to shoot it from a couple feet beyond the three point line. And, you know, you might be thinking, well, that's not really the best shot, but if you're in rhythm and you practice those shots, what's the difference between being two feet on the line and two feet behind the line? So um, I actually like that. I think it shows a lot of confidence and I, I have confidence that he's going to hit from anywhere on the court if he is open. So um, keep firing away. And, um, you know, hopefully we don't see any uh, like uh, tough start, like from either of them. Sometimes you kind of get that like early season jitters or, you know, you don't see a few go down right away and you get in a little slump. For those guys, um, Lucas also hit a, a nice three. He was one for two from, from three. But for those two guys in particular, I think uh, off to really good offensive starts. Um, I agree with what you said about Uguak. I think he played a pretty good game. I think he, he can play a little better. Uh, it's just one of those games I don't really think he got into a good rhythm um, from the beginning. And, you know, I think he had a nice put, he had a couple nice offensive rebounds for putbacks. Um, and Huddy had a great second half. He was a lot of fun. I think he had two different dunks, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, I also like that he was he didn't shoot any threes. There's no reason for him to shoot threes this early, especially against a, a team that like it. You know, it doesn't. It's not going to be close. Um, there's other things he needs to work on. We know he can shoot threes, and uh, those those opportunities will find him throughout the season. I'm not too worried about that. So. Um, if, do we want to kind of go to the bench a little bit, or any anyone else in particular you want to you want to start? Yeah, I want to just talk about Braden, um, just because I I I want to give mm-hmm. it's like I think last year was that exact point you said that I wasn't really seeing comfortability in his three, not toward until the end of the season, mm-hmm. and I do think it was like what last year was his first season with us. It, it just, yeah, that's what it yeah. was. So it's like I think that's what it was, and it also. I do think there was a pressure from Porter because that was Porter's new mentality is we're putting up more threes. Yeah. So that, that I think on top of that is like, now that I look back at it, it's like, okay, Braden naturally can shoot a three. Um, and so I think now with Drew, I think Drew's nearly just saying, Hey, let it go. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, and I don't know, maybe Drew's saying I want to hit 10 threes a game as a team. Like, I don't know if that's in the mentality. Now they only made nine as a team because Braden can hit five. It looks like, hmm. so that was really interesting. Um, interesting. Another person to mention who didn't uh, shoot threes um, was Ahir Um mm-hmm. And I thought I found that interesting. I swear I thought this game I would see him shoot a three. Um, I am mad about one thing. He was 0 for 2 from free throw. Uh, come yes. on. 
Um, let's not get into old Uguac ways. Uh, but the biggest thing was he was five of seven from field goal for only playing 18 minutes. He again was one of the lowest minutes. And I think that's smart. He definitely does not need to be playing many minutes. Um, especially with one of the key big men we have with, with the depth of point guards. I think it is key for him and Jacob Hudson to hear and himself uh, to not be in games long, longer than they they're needed. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think those are the biggest things is, um, is just here in Braden really getting comfortable. Um, and I think um, you'll see a little bit more of that. And I think who benefit from it lastly for me is Lucas and Marquise four and five assists each. And then everyone else, not far off. I think pretty sure everyone else starting wise had three assists, um, mm-hmm. except for again, I think Jacob didn't really assist much. So um, love seeing the ball movement from Lucas and, and Marquise and that they're able to get it to guys on their team that they know they're going to score. So again, out of the five starters, four and double digits, um, everyone except for Marquise. But I think Marquise's stat lines are just crazy. Two steals, five points, five assists, four rebounds. So and in 18 minutes. So the starters, I think, proved themselves, and I think they proved that they are definitely starter cal- caliber. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this bench. Who do you want to start with, Buck? I actually I, I didn't realize this until right now. Um, you know, we were talking earlier about uh, big man minutes, and um, if you look between, I, I think we're going to be doing this all season, is Tom Welch and Chris Knight. And I do think uh, Chris Knight had a little bit of foul trouble, so this could be part of that, but Tom Welch played 20 minutes and Chris Knight played 11. And um, I don't know if that was on purpose, if that's the plan, but um, I just thought it was interesting to see him, to see Tom get that opportunity. I wouldn't say that Tom played great uh, in those minutes. Like, I mean, I think he had some nice plays. I think he showed he bulked up a little bit. Um, He did block two shots, which is nice to see, and a couple steals. Um, He had seven points, so, or I'm sorry, six points. Um, so, I mean, I think he played all right, but I just, I just kind of wanted to call that to attention is, uh, I, I didn't really think Chris Knight played all that great either. Um, you know, it's hard to tell when you're playing kind of inferior, um, uh, opponent, but I do remember Chris Knight had a nice block. He also had a nice save on an out of bounds, uh, play like a fast break where he passed it up while falling out of bounds. So that was a really, really nice play. Um, but uh, between those two, I don't really think either of them made a difference, like, or either of them, like, separated themselves from the other as far as big man minutes go. Um, Lou, anything between Welch and Chris Knight? Yeah, I think um, with, with those two, this was the – I really still need to see more from Welch, I guess, is the thing is just because this was like, oh, I did not expect him to play nearly the most minutes of anyone from the roster, right? He's playing mm-hmm. 20. Uh, the most minutes were played were 22 minutes. So two more minutes and Tom Waltz is tied for the most minutes played. Um, now I do think Chris Knight, um, very intrigued. I think you and I mentioned with the foul trouble, I wonder if he nearly just nearly got away with that in the Ivy league, or is he just, is he used to being very physical because he was maybe the bigger guy? Um, mm-hmm. I think that's something I, um, I did say, I want to look up uh, during this podcast episode is, how did he do foul trouble at um, at his previous schools, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's going to be an interesting thing uh, because I do expect Chris Knight, though, to be like a here's guy, right? If here needs a um, breather, okay, Chris Knight's going in because then I think Drew can rely on a little bit of a, the athleticism, not the same level. I do think he here's a little bit more athletic, but Chris Knight's got a quick step and he's quick with the post. 
So I think that's really good. But then we noticed in the practice, Chris Knight's not afraid to shoot. So still given those like three dimensional kind of layers of athleticism post, and then also spread them wide. So I mm. thought Chris Knight would be that, but again, Tom Welch, and in the past has proved himself that he can do all those three as well. Maybe he might not full athleticism, but definitely he can shoot and definitely be at the post. So I don't know. The boss score really does tell an interesting story. Again, Tom Waltz two for two from field goal, while Chris Knight didn't even take a, a shot. Well, Chris Knight grabbed five rebounds, uh, four fouls, so and two blocks. Um, so and then Tom Waltz also had two blocks. So it's it's very interesting. I think it's going to come down to what. Um, what team we're playing. Like, I think we're going to need more, as many big men as we want with cage prim, uh, because we would just with the rotation, but when we come to a team that's heavy point guard, maybe that's where you're, you're pushing all your point guards. So, but, but there is another name who's got the size that I'm intrigued. And I think we'll talk about them soon, mm-hmm. but um, and, and for those two big guys who have predominantly been kind of power forwards, it is going to be an interesting, who's going to be the next guy up to fill in for the starters there. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think, uh, these guys both need to show that they can be physical on defense. Like you said, the gauge prime game, who's going to be in there for that. So um, I think that's questions that still yet to be answered for sure. Um, before we talk about who I think you want to talk about, I want to get two guys out of the way that like, I, I don't know if there's much to say, and that's both Ryan Schwieger and Tate Hall. Um, I thought they both played really well. Uh, I thought Ryan had some, some nice shots, uh, a nice three, um, he did finish with nine points, four rebounds, three assists, a block and a steal. Uh, really excited to see him get out there. Um, and Tate Hall, just same old Tate Hall. Um, really love that he's cool with coming off the bench. Um, played the same, same game. Um, not too much to say from him, not worried about him. Um, looking forward to seeing those guys both play together. I think, I think they'll be fun. I think they'll be going to be kind of the the um uh stalwarts like i think they're just going to be there and score six or like 10 points between the two of them um each game so i just i i think they're great players uh lou anything for big bro and tate hall yeah i think tate hall what i'm going to be very intrigued with and i didn't see it here which i thought it might but we did say he, he looked like he was going he was trying to be a little bit bigger known presence last mm-hmm. year you noticed tate hall grabbing a lot of rebounds so i expect him to be nearly the uh big kind of boxing out person um really he was over two from three so, but i don't think that's going to be something you'll see all the time mm-hmm. so really interesting from tate hall i think he definitely can make a splash um ryan another interesting one three for six from field goal one for three from three so nothing again nothing really Again, when you have Braden Norris going five for seven from three, I think that's the thing that really splashes your eye. Um, but I think these two guys are definitely guys who can shoot from three, but also they're very similar in that I know they could probably get to the rim. So maybe with more minutes, we'll see how it goes. I don't think, for example, that T.Y. getting 12 minutes is going to happen most likely the rest <laughs> of the season. So those minutes then go to other guys. Um, also not to be rude to the both guys, but like Will and both Wills both got minutes. So I don't see those minutes. I, so it's going to be that it is going to become, I think in reality, nearly, a um, maybe to an eight at most a nine man rotation. Yeah. Um, and it just depends on healthiness and everything. Cause like, again, we didn't see Demisi Anderson there. Who's another guy who's got the height and very quick. So very interesting to see how the rest of that goes. So, um, 
but overall um, with those two guys, I think there's promise, but it's their last year. So it's really interesting to see how we, how Drew's going to use them because it's like, Hey, I'm not really holding them back from learning anything. This is their last year. Should we just let them go? So I kind of hope I lean toward just the letting them go and doing their thing. Now, if their thing doesn't fit well though, with the ro- with the rotation, then that's where you still got to have the focus of winning. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you're right about the minutes like TY and the two walk-ons will and will um, they're not going to be seeing this. I, I don't think if everyone's healthy, they're not going to be seeing these type of minutes. Um, but let's talk about our uh, our freshmen. Let's talk about T.Y. Let's talk about Saint. Um, I can't believe I went this long talking about the whole team and didn't talk about Saint yet because I just love his energy. Uh, I think he's so much fun. He's a little cocky, um, which, you know, if you can back that up, that's good. But uh, I know it's going to rub some teams the wrong way. And I'm I'm here for it. You know, like I, I don't I feel like we haven't really had someone like him in a lot of different ways, but especially kind of that fun loving attitude since like Dante Ingram, um, not to take that away from like crud or Clayton or Marcus or any of those guys, but just that like positive ads. You know, the, the other guy I think of actually is Pax and Wojcik. I remember him being super fun and, and having a good time and leading the team out of the tunnel, but Paxson didn't play as many impact minutes as I think like Saint is going to play. So um saint was i think just having a blast out there you could tell he was having fun uh at one point he made a a three uh and he kind of turned to the student section and gave him a wave and um i i remember seeing clips of him in his high school ball like doing the same thing just kind of joking around having a good time um i i will say you got to focus you know if it's a closer game i don't know if you do that uh because i don't want you getting beat back on defense but for something like this, you know, it's his first time in a, uh, a collegiate gym and um, he's got uh, he's got that like it factor for me. And um, I'm just excited to see him con- continue to play. Uh, Saint finished with eight points, six rebounds, uh, three assists um, and didn't have a turnover, which is actually I, I thought he definitely did. But I must just have thought of someone else. And he also had two steals. Uh, T.Y. Uh, finished with seven points um, and also a steal. Uh, and Lou, if you want to start with T.Y. and then talk about Saint and um, or however you want to do it, but take it away. Yeah, I think we're going to see when, when if, if you see both their names on a, on a box score this year, it's going to be hard to not talk about both of them in the same sentence just because we noticed a few things um, early on, I believe one or maybe both of them made a mistake and the other one happened to be on the bench and who comes down is coach Drew says, go get your, to talk to your boy. Um, and there was one point I forgot, I think it might've been Chris Knight or he just said, Hey, move over. So it was either Sane or TY could sit next to their buddy Sane or TY. And so I think both of them are going to be kind of guys they look out for now. Granted, they both were there when uh, TY had an amazing loop de loop to dupe is what I like to call it. Um, little little layup and and one, I think yeah, it was an and one, right? And they both yeah. get pumped. So I think these are both young, energetic guys who can definitely ball. Now, do they have growth in their uh, ballitude, which I just made up on the spot? <laughs> yeah, I think they do. Uh, do I think um with Saint size, he can definitely be a little bit more of a physical presence right away? Yep. Um, they both have different things. So uh, to talk about the freshman, uh, I want to talk about Ty just for something I noticed for the first time. Because, again, he wasn't there during the open practice, correct? Yeah. Uh, yep. Well, he was there, but he was hurt. Right. Um, 
and is that T.Y. knows how to play on ball defense. He really knows how to. Now, am I saying he's locked down? No. I think that's where you develop into the Lucas Williamson, the Ben Richardson of lockdown defense of a loyal point guard, right? But he's already got the attitude of how to be on ball. Now, what did we see that was an issue? Was the stupid fouls. I think mm-hmm. there was one or two where he loves to reach. And mm-hmm. even if it's not his man that he's that he got beat, he is just and he's but he's being kind of smart. He's being quick. He goes, hey, I'm watching the ball, not also only watching my man that I'm guarding. So he's trying to look for the ball, which is great. I just think he's got to be smart about it. He's a freshman. So we know freshmen are not going to be a, immediately quick to just get that, especially on defense. Um, but I was really intrigued by that. And that was my biggest point is his offense is really cool. He was over two from three, and I'm not like going to expect him in his minutes to be chucking up a lot of threes. I think this is just the game that he could do that, but uh, loved his hustle on defense. And then the transition then to offense, again, his hustle is just not giving up, which is really great. Um, His ball handling is pretty good. I think just be intrigued about his moves to the rim. Um, But I I loved his defense and I loved seeing that. Um, And then I'd say for my point on Saint, I, I love the description. The enthusiasm they got is definitely high, high octane, high level of, kind of dedication to like wanting just to go hard and just really, really play to the best they can. And I think they love playing with each other. Um, there was an instant at the end of the game. Uh, mm-hmm. Not when I say instant, sorry, let me be clear for those who weren't there. Um, typical stuff when you're playing a kind of a tune-up game or even to say you're blowing out a team by a lot of points like we did. Uh, Saint just had an open lane to the rim with like two and seconds T-Y. left or T.Y. T-Y. T.Y. had pretty much an open lane and with two seconds left and T.Y. Uh, tries to dunk and Drew got very mad. Um, he also Drew, missed the dunk. He very much did miss the dunk. Hurts. And uh, for reference, Drew got him and Drew and I didn't like grab him or anything. Drew just put his arm around his shoulder and said, hey, like probably I'm going to replicate it. Hey, buddy, let's look at the score. And there oh. are three seconds left in the game. So that's where you do get past half court and then just hold the ball. That's what you do. A Porter's always done it. And a lot of coaches do that. A lot of coaches also get mad when their players do what T.Y. did. So I think Saint was also trying to show him. So it was really interesting. But I think overall with both those freshmen, I think nothing against T.Y. I just think you're going to see Saint a little bit more. Now it all mm-hmm. depends. T.Y. is the only reason we got a lot of depth at point guard. So there's nothing wrong with him. It's just there are guys who are more experienced, been there. And also have a little bit, maybe more of a developed caliber of playing at Loyola than what Ty might have right now. Mm-hmm. But do I think Ty could definitely be somewhat of a better defender than some of them? I think he's on pace to be. Uh, I think he's going to develop a defensive mindset faster than some of the guys have. Um, again, I'm not comparing to Lucas, but I'm very intrigued by that. And then Saint, I, I'm going to just say Dante Jr. I really am. Um, only except for the well. The shot is really interesting, too. We saw a quick shot from Saint. And we saw kind of a long shot uh, from three. Again, he was two for six, so he likes to shoot his threes, which is going to be a little concerning for – but I, if he can get better, that'd be great. So, um, But Saint, uh, six rebounds. I think having that body of a six seven guy is really interesting. So um, overall, just excited for both of them to play. Um, but I do think, if in all honesty, we're going to start seeing – uh, Saint with a few more minutes, um, definitely less than what he had in this. I don't think he's going to be getting 19, but he definitely will be getting more than what I think T.Y. might have. But who knows? We, we don't know what's going to happen. The rosters might change. Again, injuries are going to be interesting to watch this year. So, But very excited for those two. 
Yeah, I um I agree with what, what you said. Um, with Saint, like I think my biggest thing between Saint, Tom Welch, and Chris Knight, like yeah, they're not all centers, but they're up, I think they're all kind of the same height. A six seven, six eight. I actually think Saint might be the tallest of the three, but that doesn't really matter. Um, I think between those three guys, you got to find one guy who is willing to just box out and rebound and focus on that. And, you know, I, I hope it's Saint because I, I think he provides potentially like the most, um, the like widest array of skills. Like he can, he can lead a fast break. He can shoot from three. He he's athletic. Um, and he's a scoring threat, but usually freshmen, don't box out right that's like a fundamental that's something you learn over time for instance like Chris Knight you know was a great rebounder in the Ivy League so I I think especially early on in the season I personally would like to see someone who's boxing out going for rebounds um and just putting a body on someone uh and I think whoever of those three does it the best is going to play the most amount of time at the beginning of the season um, I think they'll all get time, um, especially Welch and, and Knight. And uh, I just I really hope Saint boxes out and rebounds because I want to see him on the court. I, I love watching him play basketball. So I'm excited for him. Uh, T.Y. Yeah, we kind of you, you kind of hit it on the head. Um, that dunk, I, I couldn't watch like I, I saw it coming. You know, there's actually a little bit of context here. So with like five or eight minutes remaining in the game, um, T.Y. was playing on ball defense against, I don't know, one of the guys from the other team, from UW Stout. And he, he to his credit, made a nice move, finished at the rim. Um, and he, like, turned around and said something to T.Y., like, kind of right in his face. And you could see T.Y.'s face, like, kind of scrounch up, scrunch up. And, like, what did you say? Like, are you, are you talking to me? Like, it's we're up 45 points with five minutes left. And I, you could, you could like see it like a light switch in Ty. Like he's like, I want to go at him. I want to, I want to switch. I want to get onto him. I want to take him to the hoop. I want to shoot a three in his face. Um, and although that's good, like I like seeing some fire. You also have to understand that you're up 45 points or 40 points with five minutes left. And like, it's great and it would make for a fun moment, but. At the end there, you could see I knew as soon as he got the ball, I knew exactly what was going to happen, that he was going up for a dunk and no one was going to stop him. Well, no person was, but the rim did uh, stop him from dunking. And look, man, I, I love your game. Um, I just think you got to reel it in just a little bit. And, I, you know, I, I'm sure that there are there were a handful of our veterans who were there to be like, look, man, we love the fire. You know, just not with two seconds left when you're up 50. It's also not worth getting hurt. Like, that's the other thing is like it's 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 kind of disrespectful, in my opinion. Uh, you can you know, people can have other opinions about that. Um, but also, like, it's not worth getting hurt. You are a freshman. You're talented. Like, it's just not worth it. It's not worth it. The, the, the reaction of an exhibition game is just not worth it. So um, it's important. I think it was just. I'm glad we kind of talked about it because it was all I could think about after the game. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for both them. T.Y. made not only one, but two like acrobatic layups and ones. Um, he's super fun. Like you said, 
great on-ball defender. He is quick as hell. He just has to decide when to use his hands and not just use his hands all the time because he's going to get – those are going to be fouls. In college basketball, that's a foul. You've got to use your body. you got to use your chest. Let him get into you rather than reach for them. So um, super fun to watch those two play. Uh, their relationship's great. Um, you know what? I, I think I'm going to be the captain of the St. Thomas fan club because I uh, I really enjoy watching him play. So, um, And also, just to kind of round it out, both Will and Will getting in, playing some minutes. Will Alcock hitting a couple free throws. Super fun to see. Love getting seeing the crowd getting into it. Cheer for him. That dude deserves every single cheer that he gets. Like, just <laughs> we were joking, I think, at the beginning of the game. Like, we didn't see Will Alcock on the bench. And we're like, oh, yeah, he's just taking a veteran day off or something. Like, you know, and then he makes a free throw. And we're like, yeah, get him a beer. Like, throw him a beer. Like, he deserves it. Like, he just... He's, he's, he's a good dude. He seems like he's a great teammate. He's there mopping up the floor when it's wet. Like, I don't know. It's just fun. I don't I don't know if you have anything to add about Will or Will, but um, well, I yeah, think it was fun. One Will is, looks too young and to even have a beer, <laughs> and the other yep. Will looks like he needs 40. So I think um, it, it is funny how Will Alcock has grown a beard because it almost fits that he's been on this team for so long because mm-hmm. um, he is that veteran uh, so love seeing that again, would love to see that in games like the Illinois state games and maybe the Evansville games where you hope that we go into it. And it's like, Hey, we hope to have a big enough lead where we can rest these guys. Cause we're going to need the starters for like the Drakes, the UNIs and just really close games, um, and games that are going to, again, this year we don't have back-to-backs, which is a huge difference yeah. for people who don't realize it's going to be a huge difference for like resting and rotations. And if guys do get bumped, bump like knees or if they just get hurt or something or just they're fatigued from playing they won't have these back-to-back so it is cool to like not have to worry about then um a kind of a massive rotation and you can just be like hey will let's go get you some playing minutes so excited as always to see both wills uh get some playing time um actually it's kind of a good transition uh if you don't mind about um talking about like the back-to-backs is talking about the the three guys that were injured or at least not playing uh, in the exhibition game. And one in particular, I think Marquise Kennedy or not Marquise. Wow. Keith Clemens, the guy that uh, sat out. So Marquise could start. Um, Keith Clemens has kind of been hurt since he transferred to Loyola, like up and down, you know, he takes a couple games. I remember, I think his first season, he missed the first like four or six games, something like that. I, I can't tell. I think he missed a couple last season. But it wasn't many, but he just always it felt like he was always dealing with something small. And, you know, so far in this preseason, if they're either taking it real slow with him or really just limiting his time, you know, if, if he's dealing with something. But I think these uh, now that there's multiple days in between games is going to benefit Keith Clemens in particular so much um, when you're dealing with nagging ankle or knee injuries. Playing two games in a row is just, I'm sure, hell. Like, the second game is just no fun. I'd actually be interested to see, maybe go back and look and see how much playing time, like, he got in the first game versus the second game of a back-to-back. Um, but uh, if we're if we're sitting here at the end of the season and t- talking about how successful the season Keith Clemens has had, I think part of it's got to be the, the, the difference between the back-to-backs and the time off between games. Um uh, but yeah, in addition to Keith, 
like you mentioned, Lou, Demizi was out. Um, I'm not sure if it's kind of the same thing that held him out of the open practice. I guess it was. I don't remember. Do you remember if Demizi played at all in the uh, the warm the uh, secret scrimmage? I don't think he did. Do you? Oh, that's a recall? great question. I don't know. I do not recall that. Um, I don't know. I don't think he did. Box score. Yeah, I can try. I don't think he did because Saint played very little. Ryan Schweiger. That's Schreger actually right. Out. Saint played very little, so I actually don't think no. Yeah, because Schweiger, big big Schweiger was out. Um, but then uh, Keith played. So yeah, no, I don't think he did. So I, it's just I, another thing to keep an, an eye on. I really don't know what's going on with Demizi. I I kind of get the feeling that it's a little bit bigger than they're letting on. This isn't. I have no information about this, but just kind of from what the way that uh, Drew said in the open practice, the just the way he said it, it didn't sound like they particularly knew what was going on. Um, Actually, yeah, I got the box score. No, uh, Demisi did not play at all in the secret scrimmage. So, for Demisi's sake, I I want to. I think fans got to be um, set your expectations low for like him playing a bunch right away. Um, I I, I kind of doubt it. And then with with Lil Schweiger, um, I think uh, I think he'll be good to go um, come game time. It's I don't know if he's gonna play a bunch. Ben Schweiger, that is, um, but. I, I think he'll be all right from what I can gather. Uh, any thoughts on the, the injured ones, the, the or at least the, the ones that sat out for the exhibition? Yeah, for the, at least two of them are, seem to be have a history of injuries. Um, now, again, Keith played a lot, kind of, of course, the Sweet 16 run. And then tournament run, he did really step up, and he's really got a, an attitude I love on the court. Um, but for both of them, there is a history of injuries, and I hope that doesn't stop him from getting in. Um, but I also hope that we we don't play someone who might get in. It, it's such a tough thing because you don't want anyone to get injured, but you want to get them out there to play. So um, that's just something we'll look to see how they can get into the rotation, especially Keith, the starter, and Demisi, a high caliber player. We're hoping to make a huge impact. So we'll we'll see how that unfolds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think we'll see a lot of. Um split time between Keith Clemens and Marquise Kennedy uh, when, if, if and when Keith is healthy. So um, let's uh, kind of quickly go through the guys we didn't touch on last week, uh, the returners, and just kind of go down the list and let's talk about like what we think, like we expect from them this season. Um, and we, we talked about how they played and like the starting lineups and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to, I'm going to start with Ahir Ugwak. Um, I know, I think we have a little bit of different expectations for him. But I think we both believe he's going to have a great year. Uh, and I do think that that's going to involve some uh, postseason like accolades, whether that's all defensive team, MVC team um, or, or what have you. Uh, it's going to include some postseason accolades. So I'm I'm really hopeful I hear he's going to have a good year. I don't think he has to. Excuse me. Don't, I don't think he has to score a lot in order to have a good year. But I'd love to see that like eight points a game, eight points, maybe five and a half, six rebounds um, and a steal and a block. I think that would just go a long way. Uh, and, and shooting a somewhat decent, you know, maybe 33 percent from three. I think that would be great just so that, you know, teams have to come out and guard him. But 
Um, he's really got to he's got to step up his his rebounding. I think um, just with Crut gone, uh, doesn't always show up in a box score, but uh, boxing out and and being a big body down there. Uh, Lou, what do you think? I hear Ublak this year. Again, I have really high hopes for here. I just think um, a system of such so many strong kind of floor generals in the point guards we have can really help move the ball and facilitate it to get into here's hands. But like, just like you said, it's going to be his uh, prerogative to, to be able to, once you get the ball, then what do you do with it? Right? Not everything's going to be wide open. I do think there is not going to be as many double teams on another player. Like we had the previous years where guys were double teaming cam and then a here was wide open. Right? So that was a lot you saw where cam would have the ball and then dip it under to here, which was great. I think I tweeted many times, put it in the Louvre because it was one of the most really just casual passes, but really smooth when done well. But now there's no double teams on Cam because Cam ain't there. So he's got to position himself. And I think that's the key, right? He's going to have to find himself in the right positions and be smart about boxing out, be smart about when to call for the ball over, when to call the ball under, just to really be smart. Because these guys, I think, could get him the ball it's just going to be a matter of how also then maybe Drew line, uh, kind of draws it up where there's not a double team automatically just going to collapse on him. So, uh, but things to improve, I, he's got to be smart with the threes. Um, I think he doesn't, there's no need for him to shoot a three, right? Not saying he can, I absolutely can. I think he last year was very intriguing that he shoots threes, but there are guys in the team who have the shot. So we don't need it from him right away. I think I would like to see him use athleticism more. And I really hope the one thing that I loved a lot last year was him on the kind of fast break was really great. Getting the ball mm-hmm. out quick was one of the greatest things last year to see, especially toward the end of the season. We saw that a lot. I think there was even in the Drake, um, the Drake uh, Arch Madness final, you saw a few pretty much fast breaks that came out of turnovers. I even, I believe he uh, stripped the ball once. So his defense was there. So to keep on the things that you were doing well, aka also free throws so like defense fast breaks and free throws were such a high improvement last year that yo that's what gets it here on 13 that's what gets it here on most improved that's what get like that's what gets some of these accolades so let's not miss out on what we did last year i think that's the biggest thing let's keep moving forward yeah um i think he's got a big year coming up for him if he um if he can uh meet expectations so uh, next guy, uh, Big Huddy, Jacob Hudson. Um, for me, I think it's as simple as like Huddy is what like depending on how he does, this team can go from being very good to excellent. Um, and I know it's a lot of pressure for a sophomore who hasn't started a game and has played very few minutes, but I I just like I have such high hopes for him. Um, but I also understand that like. He hasn't played a full season. He hasn't played 25 minutes a game. So there's a lot of like hope and want and um, projection for him. But if if we have a guy who's six foot ten, um, can finish around the hoop, run the floor in the fast break, can extend the defense by standing out on the three point line, where you're actually threatened that he is going to make a three pointer, as well as box out defend do all these things and and block shots like that that's a that's a stud that's a star so for me like I'm I know we both are really excited for Huddy but for me it's as simple as he is not the most important player on the team 
but depending on how he does, I think can take this team from very good to to excellent to like March Madness competitor uh, type team. So that's all I'm going to say about Hadi. Uh, Lou, why don't you take it away? What do you think about Jacob Hudson? Jacob Hudson, it's an interesting point about not maybe not the most important. I think I do love your point though that his piece could hurt or greatly help the team mm-hmm. more than anyone. Um, I think um, if he has a bad year, that's going to be critical to be like, okay, we have a center that's not really a, a, a top center. But if he's a top center, then it's like, oh, holy cow, we still have another top center. We didn't, we didn't miss a step kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. So I think the biggest thing for me is that something I noticed is that he's really got not to be afraid. And I'm not saying he is, but just watching the exhibition game, you just got to go after the ball. Got to go after the ball on defense or just rebounding. There were times where it's like I don't think he was being as strong as I think he is for being mm-hmm. a six foot eight, six foot nine person. Um, I and I'm not asking him to be ripped and Mr. World or whatever you want to call it and, with the muscles, but there were times where he got tangled up against another defender. And I'm like, Huddy, just 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 body, let's go, go use your body him. to your advantage. Yeah. Now, and the other thing is too is it's gonna be a learning curve for him. I'd rather him get like into trouble a little bit with maybe foul trouble personally just be like let's you let's see what you can do with your body like be smart with it body up against someone be strong go in but be don't use your maybe your elbows too much because you don't want to drive in because that even cam got called last year sometimes for using his body too much right he got Mm -hmm. called for arms sometimes he got called for going in with a shoulder but the thing is cam wasn't afraid to go back to it okay there were times where he got called and again maybe there was you or me from the rafters screaming that's bs but again mm-hmm. i i think being huddy again if you look back at his clock he's technically back the freshman year so you gotta you gotta figure this stuff out there's there's no way he's gonna develop into a prime mbc or even nationwide center if you don't figure out how to use your body to your advantage and i think that's what cam did and i think that's what centers not only cam but centers in the valley and in nca do and i really do think he can because again last year if you look at it lastly with huddy is that he almost just got not lucky, but he didn't really know if he was fully using his body in like Arch Madness or even in the tournament. He would just be like, "Okay, I know I have this move, or I know I can do it." But now I think it's like just just, just do what I like, just do it all. Try to just do as much as you can without also not getting comfortable. I, I just really want him to be comfortable. I think is the best thing, and I, I do think Huddy over time being a starter will get comfortable. And then mm-hmm. once the it just he lets the ball come to him. I think that's going to be the biggest thing. And there are a lot of guys who are willing to give him the ball. And I think he's smart like that. And for who you know, you might see a three from Huddy, which might scare me, but also just excites me at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of, lots of hopes and dreams for Huddy this year, for sure. Uh, next guy, Lucas Williamson. Um, I'm his number one fan. Uh, he's going to be great. I have full confidence in him. Um, I think for me, it comes down to like, I want to see him drive the hoop. And I also want to see him hit open threes, um, which I, I have confidence in him to do. So uh, he does need to take that next step, I think, and be a very reliable scorer. Um, I'm talking like over 10 points a game, you know, maybe closer to 12. Um, I think it's dependent on the next guy we're going to talk about as well. But um doesn't have to be that number one option. I think there's a few guys that can be the number one option, but um, 
definitely, you know, I never, I don't even want to talk about his defense because it's top notch. He's the defensive player of the year. Um, uh, I, I think he's got to rebound a little bit more too as well. I think everyone does, but uh, love to see him create his own shot a few times a game driving to the hoop. I think that opens up the offense a lot. And uh, I think with uh, Huddy, who is uh, a, a good shooter, it's going to open up the lanes for him. So love to see him kind of put that into uh, into practice and, and see how it goes for him. Um, Lou, what do you think about Lucas and uh, what are you expecting from him this year? I'm expecting, uh, again, not to be a sole captain, but I expect him to be a captain where, hey, man, you've been here a while. So I hope two things. I hope you just play and ball out as much as you can in, in for that. But I really would like to see kind of a leadership of a mentor into the younger guys. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not looking for him to get maybe 15 points a game. I'd love to see maybe like an eight, uh, five and three. So like eight or even then maybe four rebounds. So like eight points, five assists, three steals a game. Maybe that's, maybe it's, that's definitely asking too much. Maybe two steals a game. And like five rebounds. Like I think having him be almost a touch point to throughout the game is key. Having him run through the the offense and the defense could be really critical on just how great this team could be. Mm-hmm. And then the future, I, I with especially with Drew being his first year, I'd hope we have Lucas guiding other guys. So I'd be excited overall. I'm excited to see Lucas play though. But keep doing what he's doing. He's evolved into a great player um, since his freshman year and last year, and just continue going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I gotta say though, first team all Valley. I gotta put my prediction in. I, I've mm. talked about it, but I'm gonna keep talking about it. Um, next guy, Brandon Norris. Um, this is the guy that I think also could lead the team in scoring. Uh, if he keeps shooting well, uh, like he did, he showed at the end of the year. Um, and so far, you know, in the and the secret scrimmage and the exhibition. Um. A lot of the offense is going to go through Braden. Um, we saw at the end of the year, um, both like the regular season, then Arch Madness, then March Madness. This dude just doesn't come off the court. He does not want to come off the court. And that's great. I mean, you know, for a guy who uh, he really doesn't turn the ball over all that much for playing 40 minutes a game or 35, you know, whatever it's going to be, um, you know, he'll he'll turn it over from time to time but they they never seem to be the sort of like terrible mistakes um he you know he's a small guy he's not the the biggest like defender he is pesky he's smart he knows when to jump passing lanes um but his calling card is definitely his passing and his three-point shooting um and if he can increase both of those um and be a better passer and a better shooter i mean Again, like for him, too, he's he's only a junior like the sky is the limit for him in the valley um, as far as like point guards go. Um, I'm I'm excited for him. He he showed like grit at the end of the year, too. That dude like there was there's some like there's I don't know. There's some there's some rage inside that guy. Like, you know, I'm not crossing him. I I probably got six inches on him height wise and there's no way I am fighting him ever like. Uh, we saw against in that Georgia Tech game, and the, especially the Illinois game, I that it, it looks could kill, man. We'd we'd all be dead. So um, I'm I'm excited for Braden. Uh, I think especially like another year under his belt, like the Valley. He's I think he's just one of those guys that when he gets experience, he's going to be even better. 
Um, I think he's going to be one of those guys that like you go out against like a like a um, a Drake, and you know he's like, oh, I know how to play against Roman Penn. I know how to play against the Murphy, Jamel Murphy. Like I remember how to play against these guys, and I think he's going to really take that like experience and step and just I think he's going to take it to the next level this year. Uh, I'm excited to see him develop. Um, uh, Lou, what are your thoughts on on Braden for this year? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is going to be my just from this ex- uh, exhibition game is kind of just let loose. I think it's time for Braden Norris to get comfortable. And that's the thing I think I'm not saying he wasn't, but I wasn't fully comfortable around Braden Norris. So maybe that's why my perception of him last year. Um, but I really don't think the ball needs to be in his hands all the time. I think mm-hmm. that's why I like the idea of Lucas. I think giving him the space Braden needs to just get open. I think it fits him a little bit better because um, he, he is kind of quick, right? So mm-hmm. I would like where Lucas could hold the ball and Braden's more just the reactive of on threes um, is going to be great on offense. But then he he can show he's got grit on defense. There is no doubt um, of that he doesn't have the grit on defense. Um, so that was something I think. And like you said, nearly toward the end of the season and really tournament time, I think that's where I saw it. Um, so... I think that's the biggest thing for me. I'm excited for him and I'm excited because I really like your point of, I think he could tear up the Valley. Um, and it, it's more of like the comfortability level of like, yep, I'm in the Valley and I know what I'm doing here. And I think mm-hmm. that's what, uh, that's what I'm excited to see from Braden. Yeah. He's going to be a fun guy to watch this year. Um, I just, I, I think his floor is super high. Like I think he's just, at the, at the very least, he's going to be a dependable point guard. And, like, that is huge. That's huge to have in the Valley. So I'm, I'm excited for Braden. Um, another point guard or combo guard, I guess you could say, uh, Marquise Kennedy, um, as he's also a junior, uh, coming back for his third year. Uh, I would say of all the guys on the team, he is, for me, the most surprising one to have, like, stayed around. I remember – like going in the starting the off season last year, we were both super nervous he would leave. So I'm just happy he's still here. He's also he's one of my favorite players just to watch play basketball. Um, for me, you know, he was sixth man of the year his freshman year. He was all bench team last year, probably the runner up for sixth man of the year. Um, and uh, I'm just kind of interested to see where he goes next. Like, what's his next move? Like, how does he get better? Like, is it is it being more efficient? Is it maybe he gets a bump in playing time, especially with Keith kind of being so-so as far as like health-wise? Um, does he become quicker? Is he more explosive? Uh, you know, and I think the exhibition for me just showed he he's still quick. He still jumps freaking high, man. That dude gets up so fast and like so high. I it's it's weird, you know. I, I start talking about it and I just sound crazy, but he really jumps quick he gets up so quickly and um he's so exciting and um you know I, I maybe the next step is he turns the ball over less uh but i i i'm not gonna put any limits on him as well because i just think he is um it just has the potential to to be whatever he wants to be and whatever the team kind of allows him to be so um for me i i think he's gonna still be coming off the bench but I, I'm not ruling out, like, a third or second team All-Valley type player. Um, you know, I think he's another guy that could get to double digits, you know, eight or nine points. Um, it just kind of depends on how much playing time. But um, 
I think he's also going to surprise with how many rebounds he gets and how many rebounds he averages uh, at the end of the year. So uh, Marquise Kennedy, man, I'm can't wait. I'm a big fan of his and see where what he does this year. Uh, Lou, what do you think? Yeah, this one might be tough to hear. Um, I need Drew to play him more. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to really – the fact that we were worried that he wouldn't come back is something that's scary. Uh, this is the one time I wish a player ho- I hope doesn't listen to our podcast episode. Yeah. Um, in just saying of like we were worried he would leave. Um, I really do think I- I'm just thinking about the future. Um, in the fact that what Marquise has technically two more years, maybe three. It's not three. Um, it's not. It's definitely. I think it's, it's two. Okay, because last year he was a sophomore, so technically right. he gets that year back. Cause he all got yeah. an extra year. So he's got junior season. Yeah, you might. I, you might be right, man. It's so weird. But again, that's yeah, so weird to think. He's got this um, year and next year for sure. And then yeah, I, th- and yeah, then, I think you're right. I think everyone who was a part of the COVID year gets an extra year. Yeah. So I, I'm thinking like, hey, Drew, you got to be like, I'm putting this kid as best as I can. I, it's weird to say. I'm not saying. Keith, but especially if Keith's coming into the year with potentially injuries, I, I don't know. I'm just I'm just hoping that there's the thought of, hey, I want to make sure Marquise Kennedy gets the playing time, and that's all that's all I'm thinking about. I'm not thinking he 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 doesn't deserve it. I think he, he absolutely does, um, and I love him. Uh, I think he's one of the fastest players, and that speed just to get up though. You and I saw a simple layup, but it was a different – when you saw him just, like, nearly float, I'm like, oh, gosh, it, this guy's got skill. And I think the playing time really just sheds – sorry, a light onto the Bradley game where he took over. Mm-hmm. And if we didn't have him that game – and I'm not saying he's going to do this every game because everyone has ebbs and flows, and that's the game where he shined. But I'm just thinking of how many more of these games could we have where he has the minutes so he can shine in these games like Bradley. Um, so I, I really do think it's going to depend on the minutes he's played. Um, and then also just one caveat though, which I don't think should always be dependent because I think if you're good, you should be able to play with anyone, but it really just would be interesting in what rotation he gets. Like, will he be out there a lot with Jacob Hudson? Will he be out there a lot with more of the bench guys? I don't know. Does Drew maybe expect him to be the leader of the bench? Um, so it's going to be interesting in that sense, because then that dictates maybe is Marquise Kennedy shooting threes or is he driving kind of thing? Cause then he can dip it down into a here or Jacob. So I have high hopes for Marquise Kennedy. Um, I think though, it's going to be an issue, uh, from a coaching standpoint is if the minutes aren't there, I don't think I see, um, Marquise Kennedy here much longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Tough reality. Um, next guy who should be in the, or should be starting, we think is going to be starting, um, but was out for the exhibition is Keith Clemens. Uh, Keith uh, coming into his last year, um, is he? Is this his third? This is his third year at Loyola, right? Because he transferred as a JUCO. Yep. So he's a super season. Yep. So remember, so yeah. his JUCO year uh, really didn't get to play much um, in the beginning um, because yeah. of the injury, and then he played. Uh, so, uh, but last year was, yeah, so this is his final gotcha. year, but third year, yep. Um, so yeah, so Keith, uh, another guard, right? I mean, we talked about our depth of guards and this is just kind of proving our point. Um, Keith is a super reliable, sharp shooter, um, can handle the ball. I don't think 
I, I don't. He's not going to be our lead point guard, if I had to guess. Um, but can do it if we need him to. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think his role is kind of up in the air right now, especially since we haven't seen him. Didn't really see him much um, at the open practice. I mean, he was playing, but, you know, it, we didn't see anything too crazy. Um, didn't play all that much in the secret scrimmage and then didn't play at all in the exhibition. So I don't know what to expect from him, if I'm being completely honest. I think I hope he can shoot as well as he did last year and the year before. He was a great shooter. Um I I wouldn't be surprised if at some point, like Lou, you said, Marquis should be playing more. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point to shake things up, if for whatever reason stuff isn't working, they do switch Marquise and Keith, and Keith comes off the bench like they did with Tate Hall last year. Um, I, I would that wouldn't shock me. So uh, Keith, though, I I'm hoping he gives us 18, 20, 22 minutes a game. Uh, hits you know 35% of his threes at least. I think he was at like 45% last year, but that's just such a high number. Um, anything above, I think, like 37 is great. So somewhere around there. Um, and just uh, I, I hope he plays smart. I think we need a guy who's reliable, confident, makes the right decisions, isn't turning the ball over. And I think that's what Keith can give you. He's a winner. He is a straight-up winner. He won his junior college national championship his sophomore year, and he's now he's – been to a Sweet 16. He's won conference uh, in the tournament. So this dude's a winner, and I think he's just going to contribute to that winning mindset for for our squad. So, uh, Lou, what do you think about Keith Clemens? Yeah, if this guy can stay healthy, I think I got really excited as a Keith Clemens fan and just Loyola Ramblers fan toward the second half of the season last year. His attitude in the Drake game is was Drake regular season games were just amazing, and it translates to almost all the other games that were played toward the second half, including Arch Madness. Um, uh, if we, you all remember, Keith Clemens was a quick to three guy in these first halves of the games last year. He could put up two to three threes and would drill them down. And he'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, Keith Clemens already got six points or nine points. And it's like, we are only 12 minutes into the first half. We got eight minutes mm-hmm. left. So that was a big thing for me that, that Keith was really quick to score and got that was excited. Um, do I think he's a stellar defender like Lucas? No, but I think his kind of com- his competitiveness really just translates to also his competitiveness on the court. So like his attitude against Drake or his attitude like really just gets him in the mindset to lock down or be tough and not back down. What? How many times was there like there was that stupid technical foul called in the Arch Madness? But that didn't get to him because then he helps turn the ball over. He steals the ball and pushes it up for a fast break. So I think just his natural competitiveness really helps our team more than anything. And again, when he first came, him and Marquise Kennedy talked about how, like, what, he's a point god. Like, there's that friendship. So Mm -hmm. I really do hope there's that still that friendship and that kind of connection of, hey, Keith Clemens is a guy who knows what he's doing when he's healthy. And I think that can translate well. And I I think – being that one of a one of the guys who's now been here three years, which is crazy to say, but also a guy who came back, um, I think he just knows that he has more to prove, and I mm-hmm. am excited to see what more he's got to prove. Me too. Yeah, it'll be fun. I think uh, he's going to be such an important. I think he's a leader. I think he's a silent leader for these guys. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what he's got this year. Uh, next guy we got. I think we just got two left. Uh, Tom Welch. Uh, Tom. 
Um, was the one guy we decided not to talk about last week um, because he is in his third year as well. Um, been a very like limited role player, I would say. Um, his, I think he got some more run last year, especially in the first half of the season last year. And then toward the end, uh, his playing time started to go down. And when Huddy started to go up, uh, especially like in Arch Madness and March Madness. But um, he is, I think, just a, a, a pure like four, like a power forward, uh, sometimes a small forward, uh, can shoot. Uh, he's pretty tall. He's 6'8". Um, he's pretty athletic. He can get up and down the court. Uh, I think the one thing for me that I always want to see him do is be a better on-ball defender. And I'm not talking like bigs. I'm, I'm talking like if they switch off and he's got a smaller guy on him. He seems quick. He seems like lengthy. And yet he still gets beat, I think, off the ball. And um, so I, I'm hoping that he can add that to his game in addition to just like boxing out and getting rebounds. Um I, uh, I don't know what his role is going to be either, if I'm being honest. Um, I, I think he's going to have a, uh, like a role. Like I think he's going to be playing a minimum of like six, eight minutes a game. But um, if he's also playing pretty well, I can see him getting up to 15 uh, and being that like seventh or eighth guy kind of off the bench. So um, I, uh, I, I like watching Tom play. I think he's got a great attitude. I think he bulked up a little bit um, in the offseason. His shoulders seem bigger. He seems more muscular. Um, and uh, I hope it, it I hope it pays off, and I hope he shows that he can be more physical on the court because uh, we know he can shoot. We know he can shoot threes, um, and we know he's a, he's a pretty good passer as well. So um, for Tom, I think it all just comes down to playing defense and, and getting rebounds. Lou, what do you got for uh, our guy Tom Welch? Yeah, I'm going to have to just be honest because um, I, I, I don't think I want – I wanted to talk about him last week. Just from the one open practice we saw, we saw uh, Mr. Tom Welch be used and used and used. Mm-hmm. Um, used just to play minutes, find minutes, fill minutes. I don't know what you want to say. Um, but I don't I, – I really do think it's just going to depend on how guys like Chris Knight develop, which we talked earlier with the recap. Because if Chris Knight develops well, or at least fits into the schema of things, I don't see Tom really getting much uh, playing time this year. Um, but I don't know what Drew's mindset is. He's got heavy point guards. So is he going to play a lot of point guards and then not so many bigs? But then again, is uh, Jacob Hudson's going to need breathers. Or he's going to need breathers. So who are the guys that are going to fill those roles? Um, and I do think that's going to be um, Chris Knight and Tom Welch, just for the height's sake. So I do think he's going to get minutes. It just matters on what it's going to look like. Is Drew going to go kind of small and spread it thin, but Tom Wells can shoot a three. So he's definitely kind of a dark horse potential um, that he could have great silent minutes. But I do think a lot of his minutes are going to be key coming off the bench. Again, I, he's not what I project to be a starter, but also do I project him to be a key impact bench player? Maybe not this year. I, I don't it's so tough, especially after coming off last year. But uh, I, I won't know, just depending on how Drew's rotation is going to look like, uh, especially especially with the big men. I think he'll get the opportunity, though. That's, like, the thing. Like, there's some other, like, backup guards, like, you know, T.Y. and um, uh, I don't know who else. Who am I? I'm, I'm missing someone here. But, uh, oh, oh, uh, Lil, Lil Schweiger. 
who I just don't think are going to get the opportunity. I think Tom is going to get an opportunity. Like, I think he's going to get a chance. I think we've also, you know, we've been talking about big man minutes. Um, him and Chris Knight, I think, are in a battle. I really do think that they right now are in a battle for minutes. And I, I do think Tom is going to get the chance, which is, let's see, you know, I think we got to see what he does with it. So, um, I guess I, I, I just got to ask one quick question then. Yeah. I really think if it comes down to a Saint or Tom Welch, who do you think is going to get the minutes? At this point, I really don't know. And I, 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 it'll be depending on rebounding, man. I think that this team just is going to need reliable rebounders because we don't have that one or we have Huddy, but besides Huddy, there's not a ton of like height there. And if it comes down to those two, I personally, like I've seen Welch rebound and I think he is a hustler and he goes for balls and uh, I haven't seen that out of Saint. Um, so if, if you're going to put me in that spot right now, I think I, I go with Welch just on experience and the fact that I think he's a better rebounder for right now. So, okay. yeah. Um, but uh, last guy we got, I think it's fitting that he's our last guy we're talking about here is Tate Hall. Um, Tate is just the the ultimate sort of teammate, the ultimate um, uh, glue guy, you could call him, the ultimate just dude. Like, he's just that dude. Um, he doesn't mind. He came off his first year when he transferred in. He had to sit out. Uh, he was a D2 transfer, which is still just a bogus, bogus rule by the NCAA that a D2 transfer to D1 has to sit out a year. Uh, but he did. And he had an, an outstanding first year offensively. Um, and he was second, third team All-Valley, second team All-Valley. Uh, he was up there. I He was one on one. I think it was third team All-Valley. His um, technically his like junior year. Um, and then last year took a step back um, and he got his playing time cut a little bit. He got taken out of the starting lineup and was a key guy off the bench. But he took it in stride and. Um, did what was best for the team at the time. And, and because of that, he, I think he really focused on his defense and his rebounding. And um, he just, he made a difference in a lot of other ways. And he's kind of become a better passer than I, I thought he would. Um, so props to him for that. But this Tate's going to be playing great minutes. Again, this is a guy who's going to average 20 minutes a game at the least, I think. And he's going to put up, I think he's going to have some, some, games where he gets 16, 18 points and other games where he might not score, but he might play some great defense and get a couple steals and a couple, you know, three, four, five assists. So, um, Tate Hall, man, I, I just, I think I have the ultimate respect for him for taking that, um, the, uh, when he got benched, um, and came off the bench, just took that in stride and kept playing and didn't complain about it. So, um, Looking forward to, to his his last season, another guy that came back for his super senior year. And uh, I think he's going to be hitting some big shots for us this year. Uh, Lou, what do you got on Tate Hall? It's going to be really interesting for the fact of um, I do think he's still going to be. I don't know. It, it's Is it that he's going to start all the time or is he going to. I don't know. It's going to be really tough, I think, for a guy who doesn't seem to really flinch at the task given to him this guy will scrap and get on the floor whenever right so mm-hmm. it's more of like what does he fit well in the rotation now do i think he can go off yep i absolutely can i i definitely think tate hall 
could be just a guy who could go off and have a great game. But I, he's going to be coming off the bench and nothing to him. I just think there potentially could be a better fit with some other guys. And also for the fact that this is last year, so it's really tough. But do I think you're going to potentially get the the you're going to get everything you get out of him? Like he's going to give you 100 percent, right? He's going to come off the bench and still die for every ball. He's going to go for every rebound. I think that's just who Tate Hall is, and that's what I love about him. So I think if he can translate that mentality to almost every game he gets in, it's going to be a different presence of what the bench looks like, right? The bench will look like a guys who just want to, or in my opinion, who could be starters. So I think it just having that facilitator and that kind of presence in Tate Hall, just that guy who, like you said, the, the glue guy. Some people might say the go-to guy, the guy who could probably get you the the ball to where you want to go. Now, is he going to score every time? No, but he's going to want to try and just dominate and score as much as he can. And then a defense, I think he's getting stronger with the rebounding. Like you said, rebound is going to be key for the, some of these bench guys. So if Tate Hall is the guy, then keep him in there, right? Mm-hmm. There were plenty of times where I saw him. He'll, he'll, like Again, I don't know how many times we're going to have to say this. He, he scraps. He's a scrappy guy. He gets on the ground. So I'd love to see him get some more playing time. Again, the exhibition game, I don't know if that dictates you've seen Tom Wells get more minutes than him. No, I don't think that's a, the, the accurate story there. But we'll see and kind of pay attention to this over time. Yeah, I think he's the type of guy, too, that if he just starts playing super well and he dictates, like, playing him 30 minutes a game, that's the type of guy that I think can trim the rotation. Like, if if he, like, like we mentioned rebounding, boxing out, that type of stuff, if he's doing that from, like, a, a small forward or, a you know, a smaller forward, not, like, a, a big man, um, I think you could see guys like like uh, Tom Walsh and potentially Chris Knight kind of get trimmed from the rotation a little bit and maybe bring that down from 10 or 9 to 8 guys uh, that consistently play time. So, um, uh, yeah, I think he's just another guy, more experience. And um, like I said earlier, I just think he's going to be hitting some big shots for us this year. So excited to see Tate Hall uh, in his super senior year. Um, I, I, you know, I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about like the, the matchup tomorrow, but I don't know if we really have the time for that. We're kind of stressed here. Um, you know, I, I know everyone loves listening, you know, and, and all that, but I also want to respect y'all's time. Uh, it is Coppin State. It is seven o'clock. Uh, on Tuesday at Gentile. It's going to be fun. Uh, Saturday, we're playing Florida Gulf Coast at Gentile. I think that's at one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, maybe there'll be like an AMP one episode this week. I don't know. I'll have to see. Yeah. I but think yeah. We could potentially do that. Yeah. I think, I think the biggest thing with Coppin State, if we want to be honest, we have a history with Coppin State. Yeah. Um, I think, Buck, you were there at that home game. They yeah. beat us at home, and that's not something you want to see. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing nearly going into it is like this team is not a team to think, oh, it's a first game of the year. Should be a quick, easy one. <laughs> no, this this team has beaten us and it's the same exact coach, too. So uh, I think just and roughly the, nearly the team is the same exact team of us of Loyola's uh, players. So I think mm-hmm. that's something to be aware of. Um, and thus we just got to be smart about it. Um and, uh, yeah, I think that's going to be the biggest thing of uh, the Coppin State game is it's the first game of the year. Got to get your first game jitters out. But, again, this this is not going to be an easy game, I would say. Now, one note I do have, I think this is really interesting, 
we are currently riding a 22-game home court winning streak, which is the fifth longest in all of D1. So, um, so yeah, that's uh, I had no idea, and uh, that will be on the line when we play our opening game uh, tomorrow on Tuesday. So, there we go. Um, yeah, I don't know, Lou. You got anything else? Fun fact: Who do you think get started uh, in the last Coppin State game? Uh, don't I, give me all five. Give me one player you think is not on the team anymore. Don't, don't you dare tell me that Bruno Skoke in the start of that game. He did not. I got one uh, even better. Person. Okay. Jalen Pipkin started that game. No, he did. <laughs> he did. He did. I much would would have rather Bruno, but you know. That's yeah, Jalen Pipkin's. Uh, he's still playing. Game, so. He's still. He's at, he like, is. He uh, is. Like he, Indiana, Fort Wayne, or something. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, in the horizon. I know that. Well, you know uh, what? Yeah, we got a we got a game tomorrow. We'll be there. Uh, we'll be excited to watch. And you know what? Because of this long episode, we might put out an and one earlier this week. Give a maybe a recap and then a preview of the rest of the games this week. Yeah, I like it. I like it. We'll figure it out. Cool. Um, all right. Well, thank you all for listening. Thank you for putting up with our voices for over an hour. Um, and uh, we appreciate all the listens. And we are so pumped for Rambler season. Um, so thank you all for listening. Never forget. Always remember, go Blurs.